Crumble, you okay? Okay, I'm going to do this intro now. Is that alright? Okay. Hello and welcome to the next instalment of Don't Be a Stranger, the Jack Bowler podcast. And in this episode, we've got Chris Alliston on uh, for a chat covering all sorts of topics. Um, We mainly talk about his career in the illustration industry. He studied fine art at Liverpool John Moores University. And from his time uh, in Liverpool, he's ended up now settling there and moving there. So we even talk about his mentality in comparison of a small town like Ellesmere Port, El Porto, as it shall now forever be known as, and um, living in a big city like Liverpool and what he what he sort of prefers as well. Um, Chris is someone that I've known for a number of years, someone I haven't seen for a number of years either, and um, cut from a very similar cloth to what Elmo is really, a similar sort of um, friendship group we were involved with. So really, really nice to catch up with him. Um, I went to his place to record it on this occasion, and uh, from here on out, we should get a lot better sound quality because I've just got some new equipment which I'm using right now to record this intro on. And it's a breath of fresh air and it should make my job a hell of a lot easier when it comes to editing, which means that I can do even more of these, hopefully. Um, maybe take it up to two uh, podcasts a month, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but yeah, sit back and relax, enjoy this episode. I'm going to keep it quite short because this is uh, an episode that I think will just sort of speak for itself, really. And uh, if you like what you hear, give a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Jack without the C. That's J-A-K without the C and the O is a zero. And uh, yeah, feel free to message me if you want to be on the podcast. And uh, bye. Yeah, we should be sound. Sick. Sound. Right, welcome to another episode of Don't Be a Stranger, the Jack Bowler podcast. This week, this week, I do them monthly. <laughs> uh, this time, I'm with Chris Alliston. How are we doing, mate? All right, man. Spending a Sunday drinking Peroni. <laughs> not bad. It's not bad at all. It's a cracking day as well. Hey, can I just start off by saying, this place is absolutely banging. <laughs> This is great. So, so do you want to say where we are today? Because yeah. I'm not, I'm not in Huddersfield. So. <laughs> We're in my mum's uh, gorgeous new house with a, a Cheshire view of Cape and Village. It's it's gorgeous. It's sun shining. I've got beers, and I haven't seen Jack in so long. And how so, many how many years has it been since we last saw each other? Do you think? I honestly couldn't even tell you or recall the last time I saw you. I don't think. No, I reckon. I, you, I, I reckon you still know. had long hair. <laughs> So yeah, it was an age ago. It was a long time ago. Um, so all the more reason to do this sort of thing, really, isn't it? I 100%. guess just just to catch up and stuff. So, um, so you and I, we obviously grew up in El Porto, yeah, Ellesmere Port. So I guess in a similar vein to how um, like me and Elmo sort of got to know each other, really, and that kind of stuff. We all sort of hung out with the same sort of crowd, but it wasn't until like I was in probably year 11, year 10, that sort of time really, that we sort of started to hang out with one another really. So yeah. used to always hang out on the Civic. 
it's, it's all flooding back right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so like it was just like the done thing, really, wasn't it? Like yeah. everyone didn't you didn't have to even message anyone. You could just go after school at like <laughs> half four, and you knew that someone would be there. If they weren't, they'd come later on in the evening. Like it's like the complete opposite to when you get older, where it takes two months of planning and like non-stop group chat shenanigans to organise a drink whereas then you could just literally leave the house and all your mates are there literally <laughs> literally like that was obviously before you sort of really had proper mobile phones as well you took it for granted you just sort of knew that people would be there so you didn't have to worry about contacting people you just assumed that you'd go yeah. down there hey there's Smithy <laughs> it's a given yeah <laughs> but like do you have any um, sort of notable memories from that time really because I, I probably got to know you through Jake more so. Yeah. And, like, do you still see Jake at all? I don't really see... I mean, I'm, like, 27 now. I'm getting old. Everyone's <laughs> getting old. Yeah. And people kind of have, like, their own lives and stuff. Um, I still keep in touch with some people, like, my best friend James is, like, he's got a one-year-old girl now. Yeah, so it just puts it in perspective, doesn't it's it? It's crazy. <laughs> like, um... But that's, that's probably the one thing I miss about those days is, like, just having, like, all your mates in one place through summer. Like, mm. It was ideal, wasn't it? it was like, you know, six weeks of just, like, going out and just knowing where people are and then you can just go and have an absolute laugh all the time, really. Skateboarding, drinking beer. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Not really much else really happened, really, did yeah. it? Yeah, it was the best. A couple of playing pranks on people, that kind of stuff. <laughs> So, like, uh, yeah, do you have any, like, sort of notable, like, memories from that time period at all? Like, from from that sort of coming of age era, I guess you'd say. The, so many things that happened. Back, I, I, my favourite memories would be, like, days where, on a Saturday, you literally leave, you get to go out and skate at, like, 9am. Mm. And then you'd be out till, like, 11pm. And you just <laughs> spent, you'd spend the whole day out, like... I just miss that, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. It, you like you said, like so many people come and go throughout right. the day, and like so much stuff would happen. It was. I just miss like yeah, full days out with friends, drinking mm-hmm. beer, skateboarding, not a care in the world. Best days. Oh, I've just had a flashback as well. Actually, <laughs> now then, so do you remember when we went Matthew Street Festival? Do you remember? <laughs> it's a, it's and a, we all we all met like at um, the World One Hundred, like the pub up the road, and we were all getting the train there, and we we're all like proper buzzing to go and everything like that. And I think I've I don't know if I I can't remember. Like we did like a vlog as well. I think I know I might, I might have even deleted it now, but I know I I recorded something. I remember we went to Matthew Street Festival with a ton of us, and I remember carrying a crate of beer around. I don't remember getting there. I don't remember being there. <laughs> so yeah, it was probably, it was a sick day. <laughs> it must have been a good day then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I mean, I still um, I still enjoy coming back to the port, and we spoke about it sort of off recording about like we've got reasons to come back, whether it be family and friends. And every time you do come back, it you always try and fit everyone in because it just seems like the natural thing to do. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I've come to you today and like after this, I'm going to go see me nan and granddad and then and then go see me sister and then I'll just pop back home as well. Got work again tomorrow morning, but yeah. it's like, you know, an hour or so away for me to drive down to here. It's not even that strenuous, like, strenuous of a drive anymore. Like, I, I know the route. It's worth it. Yeah, as well. Yeah. More so than anything, it's worth it. Yeah. Um. So, 
obviously it's been a number of uh, years since we've seen each other. Yeah. And what have you been up to then, really? Because <laughs> proper general question, I guess. But like work, work. So work, what is yeah. what sort of work is it you do then, man? Because I feel like it's um, your line of work and your kind of stuff. I mean, I obviously already know, but not everybody else does. Yeah. But like in terms of what you do, just maybe break it down and say say what it is that you uh, you're sort of involved Get up with. to. Yeah, get up to then. That's probably the best way of phrasing it. So I went to uni, I studied and graduated doing fine art. Um, and during that, I was sort of doing freelance illustration work. Okay. Um, I always wanted to sort of do work for bands and stuff like that. But that was never a thought of ever happened. That was like, nah, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Kind of thing. And then as uni started to go on, I started to get more and more commission work mm-hmm. outside of my uni lessons than uni work. Right. And it got to the point where, like, I was late to lectures and things because I've been up all night the night before working with the deadlines for someone else working on posters for concerts record covers skateboards mm. and I'd like get in trouble at uni for not being at a lecture <laughs> it's like yeah but I was up all night last night being and not like doing it <laughs> do you know what I mean I was like you're mad because I'm not here to learn how to be an artist and get paid I was up last night doing that yeah so like it kind of give me a break, like so. Yeah, that's where it started, and then it just it just took off from there. Um, so didn't you start though in Birmingham, if I remember correctly? Yeah, I remember. Like this again. This is going back about three or four years ago. I remember you saying you started you started in Birmingham, but then you end up in Liverpool. Yeah, so I did a year at uni in Birmingham. How was that? Worst city ever. Was it? It's the worst. It sucks. Yeah. How come? Like, what, what was, what was the... There's what? nothing going on. Really? It's dead. <laughs> it's a dead city, bro. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's nothing going on. There's no really, there's not, there's no scenes. It's just, yeah, it's not fun. But I also still cherish the year that I was there. Right. Because, because I didn't do anything. And there was like, I mean, I made friends and stuff. Um... But I just be like a recluse. But that year taught me to to draw. Okay. Because I was like, this this is shit. Because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. So that year, I kind of honed in everything that I wanted to to do. I could. It gave me time to focus on that and figure it out. So although it was rubbish, mm. I'm so glad that I went there because you learned a lot from it. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it out. And then, yeah, I got an unconditional offer. I went to Liverpool John Moores for three years. And I think it was in my second year I met Adam at, uh, at Moonshine. Okay. So it's, that's so, when that kicked off. So just explain maybe what Moonshine is as well then, because that's sort of like your big thing at the it's moment. It's like a big thing, yeah. It didn't used to be now, it's the thing now. It's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so in 2014, so obviously like we were talking about earlier, mm. I grew up skateboarding. Like we all did. Mm. Skateboarding was the thing with our friends group. Yeah, yeah. And I was sort of always interested in art and that. Um, but like I said, making skateboard graphics was it's like a 
That's not going to happen. Like, it's not, that's yeah. like an unreachable goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in 2014 at uni, I got approached by Adam at Moonshine and they just launched that year. Right. So they, they only had one graphic out that mm-hmm. some other artist did that wasn't me. And he was like, do you want to, do you want to do a board graphic? And I'm just like, man, are you kidding me? How many do you want? Yeah. <laughs> I will, I've been waiting for this. So that's when the, the Eagle board happened. That was my first board graphic. Is that with us today? Although obviously yes, that's it's, not a, it's not a video podcast, but is that it's what there. we've got down there? Down there. It's probably our best selling one, yeah, the first one we did. So that's a thing that you can obviously say in terms of your portfolio work as well. You've got a best selling board with a with a uh, a company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. <laughs> so like as as a brand there, so you've would have seen that grow and grow as well in terms of what like a five year period? Yeah. Well what I'm most blessed with with that is when I, I did that first graphic and Adam was sort of so happy with it that um, he asked me to do a second and then a third and then a fourth and then a fifth <laughs> and now I do it I do all of it I'm sort right. of like in house so we just have this relationship where it just works man mm. it just it just works we I do everything. I do the t-shirts, the boards, the adverts, the hoodies, the socks, the lot. I do all of it. Um, which means I have like, I'm lucky enough to have a, an entire skateboard company's image mm. at, at my fingertips. Derives from you, yeah. I do it. I can make things look how I want. And if Adam's like, I don't like that colour, I'll be like, well, I do. I'm making it. It looks better <laughs> that way. And he's like, okay. <laughs> And then just looks at how well that sells, and then he goes, right, okay, yeah, the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> there's, a, there's a trust there between us, and in this relationship where it's just back and forth, back and forth. Mm. With like bands and stuff, you don't necessarily get that if it's an album yeah. cover or something. Well, I was going to ask as well, like, so you have that understanding of the relationship. How does that vary for other other bits of work that you do? So you mentioned you do stuff like for bands as well. So you do like a lot of like promotional stuff, like um, like tour posters yeah. and that kind of thing as well so how does that differ from your working relationship that you have with Adam and why do you think it differs well with Adam it's I mean when you do if, you, if you're going to do a skateboard graphic right for and it's a pro it's a pro model so it's for a, ride, a, a skateboarder yeah you kind of um, they have to have some say in it sure they're going. They're turning professional. Mm. They're having their first ever professional skateboard with their name on it. You got to take a bit of direction, a bit of influence from them. Yeah, I can't say that idea is awful, and we're not doing that. And sometimes riders are like, okay, and others are like, no, I want this. Mm. But those boards never turn out as good. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Let me do it. But um, yeah, so there's that. And yeah, you, you get a bit of leeway. Right. But with bands, it's super official. Yeah. Very official. Like, it's rare that you get to deal with band members a lot of the time. And this is the thing that I, 
I really dislike about it. The one thing I dislike about doing band artwork is like sometimes you get amazing management and sometimes you get awful management. So it varies with the band. Go through management more than anything rather than speaking to the band. Mm. Like I've had management for bands that have been amazing and others. You can tell in one email as soon as you get a response if it's going to be a good job or it's going to, it's going to drag. Right. But, um, yeah, you're sort of, you have to go through management though. I get that because your, your image or your art that you put out there necessarily represents this whole band's career. Like you can't mm. really tie the, that your drawing tie, you're associated. Whereas yeah. with Moonshine, it's me and Adam. <laughs> if it looks shit, it's my fault and it's on me. But with a band, you've got like, it's their image as opposed to your, your, your image, I guess. Yeah. Mastodon won a Grammy last year. Right. So they're like a big thing now. So like... And you've done work for them, haven't you? I've done two posters for them, um, which was amazing, but like, you feel the pressure. Whereas with Moonshine, like I said, it's honesty with me and Adam. Yeah. I say it looks shit. You're kind of working, I guess, in terms of the band side of things, you're working within that management in front of you. Of so course. you're trying to work towards their... Um, sort of their wants and needs rather than your own because with a project like Moonshine that you're so like involved with and so much a part of and you know they've basically built that brown brand with you like on board yeah it's just us yeah so with a band you with like a band instead though you've got to come in as an outsider try and work within within them so do you think that's maybe why there's that um difficulty yeah in terms of those sorts of relationships well I try and I used to take any job that I get with bands. Yeah. Now I won't really work with a band unless I, hands down, honestly love the music. Yeah, because I was going to say, obviously, you're a fan of Mastodon as well yeah, and, exactly. and that kind of stuff. So that was just you know an opportunity too too good to pass up. I mean, I mean it's in yeah. which case that may also aid your creative side because you've seen the bands sort of in previous previous generations. You know what they're about. You know what sort of artwork they've had in the past as well. So you can take influence from that and put it towards your own stuff as well well if you're a fan if you're a genuine fan of a band and you're doing artwork for them mm. it writes itself man so you think it comes as it comes a lot more natural to you because if you don't if you don't enjoy the band's music and you're trying to draw something you just can't be bothered it's, it's just like <laughs> but like yeah mastodon want a poster yes <laughs> this 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 ideas everywhere because because like I grew up listening to Mastodon and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've got them. I've had those ideas years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know because like, I spent my childhood like, like, if I ever get to do work for Mastodon. And then when it finally comes about, you're fucking on it, mate. Yeah. You're yeah. ready to go. Like. So do you listen? So when it comes to approaching a project, regardless if it's with a band or with or with Moonshine and stuff or any outside project, what sort of environment do you like to be in? Because this might be an assumption, but I would have thought like if you're making stuff for a band, yeah. it's a band that you like as well. Would you probably spend that time like, um, <laughs> would you spend that time like listening to the music as well whilst you're writing that kind of, or writing, sorry, yeah, whilst drawing. you're drawing and stuff. Yeah. Binge it. Yeah. Binge it. Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah. Nothing else. So it's the case that you're literally infatuated. Yeah. By those concepts and that music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that, does that also then translate to outside projects as well then? So stuff that's not band related. 
Um, well, if I'm doing work for Moonshine, I can kind of just listen to anything. Yeah. But if I'm doing work for a band that I'm a genuine fan of, and I listen to their music anyway, yeah, I just live in that bubble. Yeah. Download the entire discography, shuffle it, crack mm. on, and try and... I do quite a lot of uh, lyric research. I quite like to put, if it's posters or... Or band work, I, I like to work lyrics in. Yeah. Like, so take influence from that and that could spur a whole idea in, in itself. Yeah, I like to put... I've done it twice. I did it with the Yob posters and the Mastodon ones, comes to think of it. The, those last two gig posters, I put lyrics on the artwork. Just because, I don't know, I think it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, so do you prefer, like, quite, um, like... Strictly sort of illustrative, and oh that's a word making up as if we can go along. Um, do you prefer like pretty much just straight up sort of pictures, or like in terms of like um, text and like um, typography? I guess, yeah. So, do you do you have a preference on that, and or is it just a case depends on what piece you're doing that you can add it on to? Well, I can't, I, I wish I could do typography, but I can't do it. <laughs> It's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I try not to... Um, it's weird, like, I have to sort of work within a box mm. or within a circle when I'm sketching things. And um, it's weird because you do the artwork, you do the illustration. If it's for a concert poster... Yeah. And then you do the illustration, you think, right, that looks really cool and stuff, but then you've got to put the logo... Tour dates. The date, yeah. yeah, the dates, the venues, the, all that, and then it ends up looking completely different. And whereas it looked like a square, now it's a long rectangle. Yeah. So that changes the whole thing. Changes your perception and the perception of the actual um, um, poster itself. Like, yeah, of course. Um, we've got two wasps in here now <laughs> knocking about. <laughs> so if you're only buzzing on the recording, sorry. Yeah, it's, mate, it's mating season in here. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right. It'll be fine. Um, so we talk a little bit there about your illustration and stuff. So, like, what's your probably the, what's the biggest compliment you've received on some work? Then, whether it be um, through Moonshine or, or or anything like that, what's like probably your biggest biggest compliment? And then maybe as well, like, what's the thing you're most proud of in terms of your own work? So, biggest compliment, biggest mind fuck <laughs> has got to be. When I did, uh, I did some posters for a band called Yob, which is uh, like there are three piece from America, mm-hmm. and it's very uh, heady, like heavy down tune, thirteen minute long songs. You know, just pure concept, More like Doom stuff. Kind of. It's thing. like Doom, but it's kind of like it's not smoke weed, drink beer, Doom. It's just like <laughs> open your third eye, Doom. It's like. <laughs> Per- perfect to do art with so much to work with mm-hmm. and um, I've wanted to work with them for, for so long and last year they played Lund- well they were they were on a UK tour right and I messaged the management believe it or not 
A lot of illustrators think, right, that you need to have secret emails and secret contacts to get jo- to get jobs. I DM'd Yob on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. I've got nothing to lose. I DM'd him on Instagram, like, please let me do a poster. And then Lauren, shout out to Lauren Bergerson, best manager ever, DM'd me back with her email and, like, it happened. Wow. Like, DM Metallica if you want, because they might reply. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't need secret managers and promoters' emails. You can you can get that shit by DMing on Instagram. Just send their DMs and went, hey, let's do a poster. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I might have even slightly tipsy, and I was like, I'm just going to do it. If you don't reply, then whatever. And, like, I got that, probably one of my favourite jobs from doing that. So there's a lesson to be learned there. That's brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did that. I did that poster. I was like, please, can I do a poster for the Manchester date? And she was like, yeah, okay. So I submit. I did a quick sketch, submitted it, and she was like, right, okay, we want to do this. The band love the drawing. We want to do it for London, not Manchester. And can we make T-shirts as well? And I'm like, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, are you crazy? So yeah, did that. Posters came out amazing. Um, and then, uh, so on your question, biggest compliment, I went to the show and like, I was backstage and Mike, the singer and guitar player from Yob is like a mega inspiration. Mm. I'm like lurking outside the dressing room and he was sat there and like, <laughs> I don't want to intrude, but I'm like, when? <laughs> And I was like, I'm Chris, I made the uh, posters and the art. Like, this has never happened. He like got up and hugged me. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is wild. And I've never like, I've never felt so, he was like staring me in the eye, shook my hand. He was like, honestly, I can't even remember what he said because it was kind of a daze. He was a bit like, like starstruck at that point. Yeah. He was like, you, you perfectly conveyed what we want to get across in your, in that piece. Wow. Which is what I aim to, like, by putting lyrics on it. I wanted to... This is a thing. A lot of illustrators get away with doing artwork for bands and they put a fucking skull and a weed leaf on it. Job done. I don't like cutting corners. I, I was going to say, it seems it's very stereotypical and stuff like that. I hate... I can't stand it. Mm. You know, like, you get the very... Like, there's an owl with a skull under it. Like, well done. It took you five minutes to think of that. Mm. Uh, but I'd spent a lot of time on that that job drawing because they brought out an album just before that so I'd go out buy the vinyl yeah going through the lyrics so for him to say that it was just it's like wow it, 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 he's noticed that the time the effort and the actual influence that he's took you've took from it and like the yeah like you said um, like the idea of taking something really easy and then just doing the simplest or first thing that comes to mind and saying yeah that'll do it's like a testament to your work ethic really isn't it and the fact the amount of research you do and the amount of um time you take to think about well let's see what this band are about let's download the discography let's shuffle it let's just pick out lyrics like that sort of sort of work ethic then transpires into like your moonshine transpires into other bands and other projects that like the amount of effort you put into it and you obviously that sort of speaks now for your success that you have had like in terms of like all of your um illustrations and all sorts like that like coming into fruition like you've done exhibitions and stuff as well haven't you like, yeah. like what was it i was in scandinavia where was that one 
uh, Denmark, Copenhagen. Yeah. And like had your work displayed. <laughs> that was the, like, yeah, that was wild. That was a, <laughs> that was like, it was a doom festival. Right, okay. Right, it was like a three-day festival in Copenhagen. So they have all these amazing bands on. Um, but then they also had, but it was super DIY. Right. So it's like non-profit, like, I mm-hmm. think. Non-profit, all the food and stuff. Like, the treatment. You got beer tokens, food tokens. Like, I'm an artist, man. You don't... <laughs> just just inviting me is insane. Like, just inviting me is enough. And what work did you have exhibited there, then? I had a couple of skateboards. But this was in two... This must have been 2014, 2015. So still starting out, So the moonshine stuff was barely popping. I only had four boards there. And um, that festival's not going anymore, but Mm. that mixture of art and music was embodied. It's the fact that you had the opportunity to go over there and get invited over there and stuff and display your work. and (laughs) What you want me? (laughs) Like... (laughs) What the hell? Were you still at uni then as well? Yeah, I was in my second year at uni. <laughs> I just like didn't go to lessons. And then like Rory, Rory Macbeth, the head of fine art at Liverpool John Moore's University was like, where have you been? Like, bro, in Denmark at an art exhibition, what have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but Amy realised that he can't have a go. Because you're successful because in what I'm you're doing. Worth. It. I'm like, I'm doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So what is the, um, I'll take that question back then. So like you said, your biggest compliment, what's like the, um, um, your favorite piece to date then in terms of what you've done? Like whether it be a skateboard, whether it be like tour poster or individual stuff, like what's the one thing you're most sort of proud of in terms of your own work? Like what piece? So I'm obviously really proud about like the Mastodon posters and stuff. They're old now. So the last one that I just did, the Conan moonshine boards. Mm. I'm super proud of. Is that what's just been released recently? Literally, like, last week, yeah. Um, so that was a complete, like, a year in the making. Mm. That's my... Conan are very, um, like, close friends of mine. I've been mm. a fan of theirs since God knows how long. So this is also a mixed end of two things, of what, in terms of your own work. is It's a band and a, yeah. and skateboarding, and now they've done collaboration together with your company, so it's just... Yeah, so we've talked about the music stuff, we've talked about the skateboarding stuff. This is for the first time, Collision of Worlds. Um, Nice, Collision of Worlds, I like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've been a big fan of Conan for a while, and then I ended up, after a while, just like... See, if you just if you like a band, if you just be really annoying, and you just, like, befriend them. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it just be super annoying. Be annoying until they can't ignore you. Yeah. And then, yeah, Conan, the best, one of the most hardest working bands ever. Um, I used, I work merch them sometimes, but like, first and foremost, like friends of mine, as well as amazing musicians, incredible band. So I was like, so Adam at Moonshine is very old school with his stuff. Okay. We're quite inspired by this, um, old skateboard brand called Zorlak, who did boards for Metallica back in the 80s. Okay. And these boards go on eBay for like mega, mega money. So Adam is like, let's do a, let's do a band skateboard. So I'm just like, bing, light bulb. Mm. Got Conan, close friends, Adam, close friends. Like this could work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and that board I had a hundred percent. That near enough, that whole thing was resting on me, just because of your affiliation to both. Yeah, I guess yeah. And the creation of it, Adam. Adam is the best boss in the world. He was like, because they're not traditional shaped skateboards. Right. It's a pig shape, which means just it's very wide and stubby. It's like the wood is made by hand just to replicate that old style. It goes back to that old school ethic that you've got involved, yeah. like you mentioned just then. Which ain't cheap. <laughs> it's cheap to make skateboards, not when we make skateboards, because we do it with an ethic. We do it proper. We, right. We don't... Pretty much every skateboard now is digitally printed. Right. We screen print our decks. So we, like, posters or T-shirts, one colour at a time. They're screen printed. Mm. it's expensive but it's quality the quality of it shows so we keep that we keep that going because Mm. we know that in 20 years time 15 years time or whatever these boards will still be standing you get to a point where they can know if they wanted to be or whoever had them at the time you could put them on ebay and sell them for yeah mega money as well because it's the quality it's the design as well and and the rarity as well so if you're doing collaborations with bands like this is the, this is the first one you've had where it's moonshine and yeah. bam, you yeah. know, success on that. You can just easily probably get another band involved. That's and it. And it just builds from there, really. And then you've got your brand. It's yeah. like this, this is the skateboard company that collabs with bands in this particular You zone. stick out mm. your work ethic and the quality and your, your craftsmanship. Integrity sticks out then. Mm. Um, in terms of like the printing stuff, how much are you involved with that then as well? Because like it sounds like, like you said, like quite... Old school, so and you mentioned DIY about the exhibition. Is that similar sort of ethic coming through with your um, with the production of these boards as well? And how much are you involved with that then, if that's the case? So the boards are made and manufactured in America. Okay, but because I'm essentially creative director at Moonshine, it's not. If I was doing artwork for a, a skateboard company, you draw it, you scan it, you edit it, you send it off, mm. job done, you paid, that's it. With Moonshine, I get the files fully ready for printing. I size it. I do all of that stuff so that when it goes to print in America, it's ready. Um, And with my posters and stuff, Sarah, who is the wife of Chris Fielding, who's the bass player in Conan, is a screen printer. So if I'm doing a concert poster, she prints my... So it's very in-house. We keep it very tight. Like, Like, keep it within friends sort of thing. But I used to I used to screen print my own posters, but mm-hmm. it's a very tedious and stressful process. Yeah. So it got to the point where I was like, right, do I keep printing my own stuff to save money, or do I pay Sarah, who's incredibly talented, to do it for me, mm-hmm. so that the end product is better? It's like no brainer. Get yeah. Sarah to do all my and at stuff. At the same time, it's like you said, it's quite in house. Does not really losing that ethical thing that you're seem quite passionate about like the idea yeah. of doing things all on you know not necessarily all on your not necessarily all on your own but like keeping it sort of old school keeping it very much hands-on approach and yeah. even passing it on to someone else that shares that same ethic understands where you're coming from and your expectations are just on par with yours as well so it kind of um it kind of just works in everyone's favour, really, by the sounds of it. I've, I've, I've never known a screen printer to be as hard-working as Sarah as well. She, like, is non-stop. 
she does a lot of well because she's involved with like Conan stuff that means that other bands will go to her as well yeah at Heck Press to print things she does her company is Heck Press Heck Press yeah um I don't know how she manages to print so many things and be so busy and then maintain that high quality like she's the, she's the best definitely mm. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I've been busy, man. <laughs> Fair play. Been super busy. What are you? Um, what's next then? I guess um, for your illustration now. So obviously, like that, that drop with that collab, Conan and Moonshine. What's next for, for what you work on at the moment? Well, what's the date today? It's twenty fourth of March, twenty nineteen. So I've got about six, seven days to do two more moonshine boards. <laughs> Deadline at the end of the month. Okay. I've got those on. Um, I'm waiting to hear back on a couple of gig posters. Okay. Yeah. Can you say, can you say the bands are or not? No, I can't say because I'm not sure if they're coming to the UK yet. They're okay. booking the tours, so I can't do the poster of the gig isn't happening yet yeah, or yeah, out yeah. there yet. Um, but yeah, a couple more moonshine boards on the go. The moonshine stuff, I should say, is never ending mm. because they take four weeks, three, four weeks for me to make. Yeah. By time one's done, or by for another one, it's time to crack on with another one. And screen printing is quite a, it's not a slow process, but like I said, it's tedious. So by time yeah. things are printed and out there, I need to be finishing another one. So then start that chain again. So it's a little bit, there's an element of the production line, but it's one that you're, it's not like it's man, it's just, um It rests on me. That's why it gets stressful. Because yeah. being the only dude doing it, mm. it's all down to me. Like, because Adam lives in, I can't even remember, California or something. I don't know, it's in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that- it's all the same shit. He messages me at like 4am, like, mate, I need that logo turning from gold to black. And I'm like, bro, Four in the morning. <laughs> He's like ready for me to work and he wakes up at 4pm my time. Right. So yeah, it yeah. is a never ending cycle of back and forth messages making yeah. things. So that's a, that's a point then as well. So like you mentioned how like it's all on you and like you've got that time difference. How would you feel then if like you were to bring on another member of like another illust- like another illustrator? Like would you feel that how would you? How would that affect your work ethic? Like, would you be intimidated? Would you be like, um, wanting to collaborate? Like, what would your stance be on that? Because then some of the pressure is alleviated, but you're now, you know, in terms of payment, you're pretty much half. Yeah. In yeah. terms of creativity, you're now maybe battling against someone, or also battling against yourself as well, because you've got your own, um, your own sort of. Um, goals to aim for as well so how do you reckon you would react to that that situation if you brought someone else on well I think it's only happened once or twice where we've had to do we've had to get another illustrator to do I think I think there's two boards right that we've had to get someone else to do because Adam is just wanting four things done at one time and I've got (laughs) yeah like that's only happened when I've had like the Mastodon or the Yob things on and I okay. I can't do it all. So it's funny because you'll get another illustrator to do it. It'll look as good as mine. <laughs> yeah, another beef. <laughs> Worldwide internet beef. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no one's ever just shouted beef <laughs> on this podcast before. I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been busy. We've got like another guy in to do like something else. Yeah. Um, and they still turn out. They still turn out great. But I still have to size it and mm-hmm. colour it and get it ready for printing. So you still have to do the nitty gritty. So I'm still messing anyway. with other people's designs, mm-hmm. which is really weird. But um, for this moonshine man, I'd do anything for Adam. He sorts me out. He's supported me since I was. Mate, I was in 2014. I was a second year uni student, and he asked me to do a skateboard graphic, and he's still supporting me, paying me, and giving me the chance to do it now. Like, like if, like I said, if he messages me at one in the morning and he needs a skateboard resized, I'll do it for him. Yeah, because it's 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 a small price to pay. Oh, I'm tired. It's an entire <laughs> brand like it's bigger yeah. than me. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind doing it. And you're like a very big cog in that in that wheel, but uh, to get that company where it is and for it to be as successful as it is and see it grow from a DIY sort of lesser known independent sort of brand to now where you've got like it's got an image now it's got an image it's got top borders as well that are like associated with it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's Tony Hawk reposted a video on Instagram yesterday of one of our riders or he posted a video on Instagram and like David Spade and Steve-O commented like wow that's unreal (laughs) I made that (laughs) there you go the the reach on skateboards is unreal like with with posters and bands and things like the reach is great but skateboarding is worldwide yeah it it gets it gets around big time gets around I feel like we'll bring that illustration side to an end yeah on there and so you talked about obviously they're moving from Birmingham to Liverpool yeah and obviously growing up in Ellesmere Port like so how settled are you now in Liverpool you've been there now for about what three years four years is it around about there well I stayed there from uni which I can't even remember what year I graduated so like how 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 does that compare then because like El Porto which it now shall forever be known as. El Porto <laughs> has always been like, um, it's a, it's not a big town really, but like everyone that you like bump into and see that you've got familiarities with. So like you can, like if you walk down the street and you see someone, you know, you just like say hello or whatever. But like, um, how does that compare to like a big city like Liverpool that's like got a lot of buzz about it, thriving? Yeah. Like there's an, there's a lot of stereotypical stuff involved with it and, and there's an image involved with it as well and it's 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 got a really good buzz about it and everyone seems proper friendly and that and that kind of thing. So how does that differ from like growing up in like a smaller town, really? Like what would you say that the main differences are? Because like for me, moving from Port to Huddersfield is not too big a jump for me because Huddersfield's a big town. I think it's like one of the biggest towns in Europe, if not like. I've never been. Is it a town? Is it? Technically, it's a town. However, it has got a cathedral, so it should be a city, but it's not. It's got a cathedral on the Sainsbury's. It's essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's got um, like there's like Huddersfield for itself is like it's a big town. The way I could the way I describe it to people, I think it's a mixture of Chester and Birkenhead. Yeah, but. You haven't got like the rows and stuff for Chester, like the actual town side of things a bit more like Birkenhead. But, yeah. But it's got like a big town feel for it and like, you know, it's Yorkshire, so everyone's like 
tighter than a camel's arse in a sandstorm. So like everyone's, <laughs> everyone's probably frugal with their money and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. But but it's like a big student town as well. Like it's got like an award-winning uni and like that kind of stuff. So it's it's got a good draw for it, like international students as well. There but, are things going on there. Like. Yeah, but there's, there's, at the moment there's loads of stuff closing. Like the town centre is dying. There was an independent skate shop called Endemic. Yeah. And you might be heard of it, I don't know. I have actually. And um like about three months ago, like the owner of it, he was in like an advert for Visa, like for like as like an independent shop and like people doing contactless payment and that. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that was on like Instagram adverts and stuff, and then about two months later, about about a month and a half ago, the short that the store just closed. What the hell? And it was like all that kind of gear and stuff, like they sell boards, like trainers and like apparel and all that kind of stuff, had their own gear as well and all that kind of stuff. Like the town centre's just been sucked dry because like they've put stuff up like driving regulations where you can't drive through at certain times, you can't drive to the town centre, there's no reason to go in. So loads of independent units specifically are closed. Like Marks and Spencer's closing down next month. Marks and like in like the city, sorry, in the town centre. So like it's got a big feel for it but it's just going to become derelict soon because there's just going to be empty units everywhere and no one wants to cash in on it because people are either buying stuff online or whatever which has its pluses I guess because you get stuff as quick as possible really. yeah. but it's just a shame that like these cool independent shops that you would go to not just because you're interested in the brand but because you want to help these people out as well well that's but, the thing that skate shop may have stocked moonshine I'm not 100% sure if it did but if it did like say say for argument's sake if it did that's yeah. not just them that that affects that affects you it affects other people it might be a little skate shop but it's people's livelihood and yeah uh, gig venues skate shops vinyl shops mm. um, stuff like that closing is the worst so you've got a lot of that in Liverpool though you've got a lot of vinyl shops skate shops and yeah. that even just up um, oh you're gonna you'll probably know better than me it's Oh, it's like towards the cathedral. What's that road called? That street? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's next to a tube station. Not a tube station, but like it's near... Um, it's not Bold Street. Could be Bold Street, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. But it's got like loads of like quirky independent shops on it and stuff like that. So you can... thing is Bold Street. Yeah. Yeah. For argument's sake, again, we'll call it Bold yeah, Street. Yeah, it's, it's Bold Street now. Is it? Yeah. So it's got... Uh, <laughs> Okay, you say so, Chris. Um, no, yeah. Bowl Street has got record stores, vintage clothing, yeah. coffee shops. Like something for everyone on yeah. there, and it's like it, it caters to that that sort of alternative crowd, I guess you want to call it. But like, so you've got that in Liverpool. You've probably got that in a couple of other areas as well, and stuff like that. So, like, how does I'll go back to the question that I was going to ask anyway. How does that differ then from something like Ellesmere Port, like small town mentality to like the big city being involved with it? Like how did you transition from that, like maybe taking out like the idea that you obviously went to Birmingham first and didn't like it? How yeah. was that transition for you? Well, in having those those places like record stores and like lost art, skate shops and mm. gig venues, it means that as an, if, you, if you're in a band or as an illustrator people of similar interest yeah. will just naturally gravitate towards those venues. And like yeah. I used to work, I worked in a record store on Bold Street for a year and the amount of contacts, I, it's like, oh, I'm an illustrator, I do album artwork. Mm-hmm. And like having 
gigs on and stuff at venues, you just friends, mutual friends. Oh, that so and so's in a band. Oh, they end up they need an album cover doing. Yeah, and it just but because the Ellesmere Port doesn't have stuff like that. Yeah, at most it's got like. Steamer. <laughs> yeah. Doing gigs and stuff. Put like on that. the Venga Boys at Civic Hall, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Steamer for keeping the scene thriving. <laughs> no, bless you. No, to be fair, like, I can't say a bad word. But a, real, a real bad word about Steamer, I guess. Like, he works hard as the he boy. Does, but he puts a graft in, but he's, he's, that's the thing, he's fighting a losing battle, I think, because he hasn't got a scene. Actually, shout out to Steamer, because I remember. You might remember this. You might have been there. Okay. He put a gig on in the village hall way, way back. Yeah. And he projected some of my drawings up against the board. Did Do he? you remember that? Was you there? Vaguely. Was it like a summer jam thing? Yeah, or it was like, it, it was like a friend's band or something. And he had like, like, this dude didn't have to do this. And they were the worst drawings of like zombies. But like, just the fact that he did it. He projected like my drawings onto like a whiteboard at the back of the village hall, and it was like the maddest thing. It was so random, but like, yeah, Charles <laughs> Steam Mac putting a graft in on the Newport music scene. Yeah, I'd be nowhere without Steam McMillan. <laughs> I also had yeah. a. I also Steam Mac put um let me have a merch table in JJ's once, <laughs> and it was a merch. Table of prints that I printed out on my A4 printer. I can't even remember. Where, whereabouts was JJ's? I can't even remember. Stanning. On the Stanning. On the Stanning. Oh, wait, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Near the Greyhound Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like Chris Ashton bought two prints off me. Like, do you know what I mean? That's like so, a last Baron gig. Yeah, it's that, <laughs> that shapes you. Like, it's laughable, like now, but back then it was like a big deal. It's like, oh, I made a tenner tonight. Yeah, I like, paid for me beers for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's well funny thinking about it. Because, like, like, when I used to do band stuff as well, like, Steve Mack was always like, yeah, we'll put you on, Jack. I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah, never even listened to us. And he, would just be like, he would, like, sort me out for whatever reason. He was like, okay, thanks. Looking back, it's like, this is why I love coming to the port, because looking back, it's it's <laughs> mad how things develop and, and yeah. change as you get older. But how much stuff also stays the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Steve Mack will still be putting on gigs. Like, like <laughs> didn't he, like, put on, like, Bass Hunter, like, last month at, like, the uh, Civic Hall? Or yeah, why didn't you sort of me guest list, Steve? <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> next next big, like, noughties, um drum and bass act to come through, sort us out, yeah, Steve. <laughs> I'm not paying with a ticket. I want VIP everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fucking jokes, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what do you prefer then? Like, I guess, um, do you prefer like a big city sort of thing, or do you prefer like the smaller town? Because like where we are now, obviously, we ventured to start quite picturesque and out of the way, and you've got like a lot of um, like a lot less distractions, I guess. So, I guess you were working. It's got like a nice open space. You haven't got to cloud your head really too much around here. But being in the city, though could have a different effect. So what do you prefer, really? And, and like, maybe why? Like, would you prefer that? Well, as much as I love Liverpool and stuff, um, I think as I got older, there's another thing we'll get into when I start, when I took up the falconry hobby. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> my love for the outdoors is just, like, it's tenfold. Like, I just grew and grew, really, yeah. Yeah, I just... 
I wondered how long we'd wait, we'd have to wait until we get onto falconry. I've forgotten about mate. This is bad for me because I will sit here and talk for five hours. <laughs> what about falconry? Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> yeah, Liverpool is amazing, but um, I think as I get older, I definitely rather live like a bit further out, country man. Yeah, I mean with Huddersfield, for example, like just as a comparison, it's big enough so you can do stuff where you are. But it's also not too far away from Leeds, not too far away from Manchester. Like, you, if you want to go for a big city feel, you can get it. But also, if you're there, you can drive like 10, 15 minutes outside of town yeah. and you'd be in like the countryside. Yeah, yeah. Or like you'd be like near the malls and stuff like that. So you've got, it's like right slap bang in the middle as well, like of like the UK, of, of, uh, of the actual country, like the island itself. Like, you can go north, south, east, west, doesn't matter. You've got connections to everywhere, yeah, really. Yeah. And, um, I kind of like that because you're literally slap bang in the middle of the country and your world's your oyster then. If you've got like a day off or, or two or like that, you can just go explore stuff, but it's just yeah. trying to find the time, I guess, really. But um, I guess what I kind of like about where I am now is the fact that you've got so many options around you that you can go and, go and investigate if you wanted to. Um, but Go on an adventure. Yeah, exactly. And I think I'm, I think I'm maybe kicking myself. I haven't done it enough, really. But um, But yeah. In terms of then the falconry, we'll talk about that then because you brought it up. So that idea then of maybe settling down more in a more secluded space would then so just talk about like so that environment obviously comes into into falconry, but just talk about maybe how how and why you got into this sort of hobby that you you called it a hobby. So how how did that come about? Like well. Obviously, it's out now, so I can talk about it. The Conan boards have, like, two hawks on it. Okay. And I went to uh, Waterstones to look for reference books on, like, Birds of Prey. Right. And um, I bought I bought this book called H's for Hawk by Helen MacDonald. It's it's, she's an author, and she, um, she wrote this story. Basically, her father was a photographer, and... She grew up with her dad watching hawks and stuff and like falconry mm-hmm. as a child. And then her dad passes away and she sees it as an opportunity, like, right, I'm gonna get a bird. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get she gets a she gets a goshawk and she's gonna train it and she trains it to combat the grievance of her dad passing away. So she uses that mm-hmm. as like her coping mechanism. And uh, put it this way, I don't read books. I read that and I was just like, the behaviours and how savage these birds are. I was like, <laughs> I've got to get into this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I found Jeff who lives in Little Sutton. Um, and Not he- to be confused with Big Sutton, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it's Medium Sutton. Uh, yeah, and I was going out with him like every weekend. He's got a goshawk and a falcon and we kill stuff. <laughs> kill thing. stuff so like what sort of stuff do you kill then if that's the case you go for game like teal ducks oh god everything squirrels live stuff yeah bro <laughs> mate typical flight right we go out with uh, a springer spaniel mm. with a peregrine falcon fastest animal on earth right it's a peregrine jeer crossbreed tear so he's a male and 
send him up in the air. He goes 500 feet in the air. Mm. Near enough hovers above this pond mm. and we send the dog in. The dog flushes ducks or whatever up in the air and then this is a this is a very brief this is abbreviated yeah like the falcon will stoop down at like like 120 mile an hour really in like a teardrop shape and yeah take a duck out and then pluck it and eat it and it's the biggest adrenaline rush ever in terms of like the ethical side of that because obviously fuck them <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> But, but I mean, like, it's a fact that obviously it's a bird of prey. It doesn't it's, it's it's regardless if it had any sort of training or any sort of um, like assistance, shall we say, from yourself or, or Jeff? Yeah. Like, it'd be doing this sort of thing anyway. It's it's Mother Nature. It's it's um, the food chain, I guess. Of course, yeah. But like, have you encountered any sort of ethical side of things to it, like? In terms of like encouraging some encouraging something like to do what it does naturally anyway, like do you feel like you're sort of influencing it at all, or do you feel like you're overstepping a boundary or not, like sort of thing? Like what kind of com- what, what do you sort of think about that side of things? Maybe. Well, we we're very strict in terms of um, seasons and okay. certain game or certain things like more hens or whatever. Everything is you can't go for them after a certain date right because they need to have chance to reproduce to breed so that yeah. we can fly next next year okay um we only fly in winter because they they molt over summer so I probably won't be out with the birds again now till next year the beard with me beards <laughs> got two birds <laughs> um yeah I don't know um They'd be doing it naturally. Yeah. They were very close in the 60s, I think, to being endangered species and being wiped out. So it's a case that the human intervention there has helped them stay yeah. a, uh, a non-endangered breed, I guess. Then. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, with a falcon, we don't even... The falcon goes up off your, off your fist mm-hmm. and then it does what it does naturally and then it comes back to you. Yeah. Do you ever feel like intimidated at all? Like, what was happening like the first time you like went to do it? Like, you shitting one. <laughs> yeah, it's a very. Uh, it's not easy. There's mm-hmm. a lot to remember, and Jeff is an amazing falconer. He's super knowledgeable, and so I love going out with him because he's he's not phased by me asking questions, and I have a lot of questions. Everything yeah. he does has some form of reason behind it, mm-hmm. like. Um, falconers use this thing called falconers knot which is a knot that you're supposed to learn to do with one hand because obviously you've got a bird on the other hand so he's like go home and learn how to do it so I'm like okay so I get on with that yeah so I go home <laughs> go on YouTube figure out how to do it and then I kind of learn how to do it and I forgot about it and then next time we go out he's like shows your falcon is not I'm like shit <laughs> I figured it out but like it's like very hands on no messing around old yeah. school with it like you learn by doing things mm. properly um, yeah and he he'll pop quiz me he'll be like I'm not going to fly the bird over there why am I not going to do that and I'm like yeah. he's obviously told me why not before now I need to remember like, telephone poles correct <laughs> <laughs> that's how you learn man that's how you... yeah I was going to say like because 
in terms of like art and illustration, you've got a lot of creative freedom individually. So you haven't really got someone necessarily there to guide you through things or walk you through things. So getting to an age where you're like, you know, 26, 27, and you're having someone older than you yeah. trying to teach you new stuff. And then also question like, how does that dynamic like affect you? Like having been out of education realistically for, like, for, for a number of years. Well, the thing was, is the illustration and stuff was my hobby. Yeah. And now that's become my job. So now falconry is like my hobby. So, yeah. You have to have something else. You have to have, like, another thing. Mm -hmm. Because if you're just constantly working on that, it just burns you out. And it's not... Especially if it's very much indoors as well, and you're, like, drawing and stuff. You're very much huddled over. You need to get outside. Out there. Yeah. Need to get outside and it's and um, we fly all over Cape and Earth, so we're looking at pretty much where we venture out, but we'll be out from like 11 till 4, just based on the daylight sort of thing, all day. Yeah, mm. we'll go out and fly the Falcon first, then go home, then get the Goshawk and go out and fly in next. Sweet, get your outside, fresh air. Would you recommend it to people like? Or, reckon, like, or what type of people would you recommend it to then if that was the case? I'd recommend it if you have a mentor because too many people get a bird and underestimate what they can do. Yeah, you need... The old school way is you have a mentor, you have someone... You get a bird and you have someone that teaches you. I'm not really in a position to have a bird. Like, I don't have time, mm. even if I wanted to. So, like, all the, the time and the knowledge that I can absorb from Jeff mm. so when I am older and I'll get a bird which I'm definitely getting a falcon when I'm older and retired and I'm famous <laughs> and retired artists with loads of money I'm going to get a bird I've got all that knowledge then I've already yeah you like, can bank it for now yeah plus getting outside is sick <laughs> fuck going out on a Friday night go outside go on an adventure go and kill some rabbits fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake <laughs> fuck's sake <laughs> Right, we'll sort of bring it to a close, but yeah, I'm dying for a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll do like we'll do like a very quick, quick fire round. No, okay. I've never done a quick fire round. Sick. So we'll do strictly, strictly music stuff. Strictly come dancing. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Favorite album? Oh God, Metallica, Ride the Lightning. Why? Oh, it's just mint in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite artist? Uh, Aaron Hawkey. Is that musician or illustration? Illustration. Why okay. do you mean music? Yeah, we'll do music as well. We'll do both. Favorite artist? Oh god, Black Sabbath all day. Okay. <laughs> uh, favorite song? <sighs> Behind the Wall of Sleep by Black Sabbath again. Sweet. Favorite festival or most notable festival story? You can sum up real quick. Oliver Kearns throwing up in a camp chair at download. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's really funny actually? And this is a little shout out as well. Like, Hayley messaged me last time when I did the Elmo podcast and said, I just gave it a listen because I hadn't heard yours and Elmo's voices in so long. It was really good. I was like, oh, sweet. So if you're listening to this. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> so I was curious. Yeah, your hubby was a mess. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, quick one then. So, what's your next tattoo? Have you got anything in mind? Because you've got a couple of tattoos, obviously. Yeah, I'm tied up. I don't What's know, the I, next piece you want? I'm booked in to get a, pe a hooded peregrine falcon with a uh, rose price very soon. Nice one. Where's that going to go? 
Uh, I've got a big space on my forearm, so sweet. Right Obviously, the falconry is taking a large impact because now I'm getting a big falconry tap. That's there. sick. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. We'll sort of bring it to a close there then. That's sweet. So, f- yeah, thanks very much for having us, man. Thanks really, for having me, man. No, it was a, it was a pleasure. Cheers. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Don't be a stranger. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.